When are you going to start recording? You want to let me? It's on now. Let's start recording. Are you going to edit anything? <laughs> I'm going straight to the, straight from the Rudy to the Tootie. But it's, we didn't start. It's recording? It's recording, yeah. yeah. I go straight, assist. I go straight from the Rudy to the Tootie. People love authenticity. This is going to be interesting. Um, so I guess I'll start with my regular peace, peace, peace. You're now tuned into episode 18 of Hashtag You Good Man. Listen, boy, this is going to be an episode full of controversy. And I feel like I need to prepare myself mentally for this. Um, yeah. So first, I guess I'll be a good host and... And acknowledge and introduce my co-host for this episode that'll be named at some point later. <laughs> uh, but this is Janae Johnson, marriage and family therapist, originally from Newark, New Jersey, who yes. resides here. She wants to say she resides in Philadelphia, but it's like that outskirts, <laughs> you know, of Philadelphia. Um, she is a <laughs> she's a teen and preteen. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I get it right? Teen yes. and preteen. Yes. You don't want me to say child. No, I don't. Can't mm-hmm. say child. Right. Okay, child and preteen. <laughs> both both boys and girls. Therapist. Yes. So, anything else I'm missing? I'm an author. Author. You are forgetting that. Uh, promote it. Go ahead. Do your thing. Um. So I'm an author. I have a book called Dear Teen Self, and it is a book based on my life and a lot of the poor choices I made as a teenager, but I talked to teenagers about how to not make the same poor choices and how to acknowledge the emotional turmoil that they're going through to make the poor choices to begin with. Um, I also have a nonprofit called the Black Brain Campaign, and we work to erase the stigma of mental health in the black community. And yeah, I love the color pink, although I don't have any pink on today. You're forgetting professional nerve getter on her. <laughs> He's just a hater. Am I? Am I? Mm-hmm. No, I listen. We were supposed to, <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to be doing this for the longest time, mm-hmm. um, but our schedule. And who got you to do it today? I, listen, this is a beautiful office. You have me here in uh, a place where if I get stopped by the cops, there's a high probability I may get shot. No, this isn't where they shoot people. No, I mean <laughs> people that look like me. They're definitely stopping me. You know, I look like I just got fresh out of jail. For people who don't know what I'm saying, I got the, the new look with the little twist. You know. mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's just hope that you that wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just make sure I, I get to the to the Negro part okay. of <laughs> the city. Okay. It's not far. Yeah, it's not it's not far. It's not <laughs> far. So no, so no. Outside of all the all all the joking, this is somebody who I, I wanted to have uh, on as a guest because we have such spirited dialogue about many issues, but in particular, we have spirited dialogue about the idea of of toxic masculinity and, and how it shows up in, in various arenas. And we'll be talking about how it shows up in popular culture. So we're talking about TV, we're talking about film, we're talking about music. Uh, I, I don't know her thoughts on the idea of toxic femininity, but you know, definitely know her thoughts on toxic masculinity because I think for, I don't want to speak for her, but I feel like every man walking might be slightly toxic in in your opinion. Am I right? No, I don't want to paint you as being a man hater. Um, no, not at all. And she's you, not. She's really a dope person. Thank you. Um, do I think every man walking is toxic? No, but do I think that men have been groomed in rhetoric that is toxic? Absolutely. Do I think that they sometimes exhibit it without even recognizing that it can be toxic? Absolutely. I think the difference is those that can recognize it's toxic and work through it versus those that just act like it doesn't exist at all. Okay, okay. And, and toxic toxic masculinity is one of those new buzzwords that's been real prevalent the last few years, especially with Trump being in office and what have you. So you could just let us know what your definition of toxic masculinity is. Oh, man. Well, I think toxic masculinity has been here since the beginning of time. I just think we didn't have the language for it. But if you really look at history, you've always had men making the decisions, men controlling everything. And I think what makes it toxic is that either they get in their own way or they stand in the way of everyone else. Um, Just like in administration, you have a bunch of men deciding what's happening with birth control and babies. And it's like, 
I don't even understand how y'all have this conversation because y'all don't even have the parts to birth a baby. But for me, that's toxic. You just think you're the best. You think you're the only one that can make the decision. Um, and it impacts everyone else around you. Now, that's probably no Webster's, you know, definition. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's just yeah. how I see it. It's to the point where you take your masculinity and you just infiltrate no matter who it affects, no matter who you hurt, no matter no matter what. And I, I think that's the, the key part of it. It's just, you know, unhealthy behaviors, whether it's a, a mindset that influences your, your actions, your behaviors, uh, and negatively influences others mm -hmm. as, as well. And so it's funny you mentioned that. I, I, I believe it was Kamala Harris who was, who was grilling. <laughs> Loved uh, it. Yeah, grilling the, the newest uh, Supreme Court justice. I, I found that whole process to be an exercise in futility because he's going in regardless and so I'm sitting there. I literally sat there yesterday and watched it for two hours. And I'm just like, this guy's he's pretty much saying, listen, anything you ask me specifically, because I did hear that question. And it's just like, you know, I've learned from the other Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. When they get up there, you know, they, they're neither thumb up or thumb down to anything. And that's how he was answering. It was just like, well, what is the point of this? Mm -hmm. What is the point of this? You know, all you have to do is check his track record. So when she did ask that question, it made me think about it, where it was just like, well, yeah, there's no laws or anything in place that's governing how a man runs his body you know or or any limitations to his body and so i guess in that aspect i can definitely see how 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 historically uh, especially being in a, a patriarchal society that yeah it's, it's been a lot of a, a toxic mentality where others weren't considered and continue not to be considered yeah. so <laughs> So what about the idea of toxic femininity? Do you think that exists? Um, so I think that this is tricky for me. <laughs> He's still a hater. I think that this is tricky because you want to look at our women already oppressed and marginalized, right? And so I think because women are already oppressed and marginalized, that makes it hard for them to necessarily be toxic. In my opinion, I feel like it makes it hard for them to be toxic because what is it that women actually have control over, like, you know, serious control over that's going to really impact masses and really harm masses? And do women really not think about the masses? I think it's probably the reverse. Women are probably always thinking about the masses and not really taking enough time to think about self. So for me, I feel like it's kind of hard for just on the on the larger scale, we can definitely isolate some situations and some incidents okay. where you know women can operate in a toxic way. Okay, and we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely get yeah. to that. You know, when we when we definitely sure hone we in hone into the pop culture aspect. To... And so what what I think I hear you saying is it's the idea where you know you hear from white people, well, you know, black people are racist, and it was just you know I hear a lot of people say, well, black people can't be racist; you they can be prejudiced. Yes but they can't be racist right. because, you know, the oppressor or those who are oppressed can't oppress the oppressor. Right. So is that the same? Same concept. Same Not concept. unless all of, I guess, the oppressed, however you want to look at that, whether that's blacks, feminism, Mexicans, and black all. feminism, that's when they all saying. get together and... No, listen. Still, and, still can't overthrow. And that's part of the okay. thing. We still can't overthrow masculinity because you know who has to join that fight with us? We have to get men. To join in on that fight, but men don't see the point in doing that. They well, I, just I, see it kind of as like y'all are just bashing, and you want to know why? Because men, for the most part, they benefit. They benefit well, from no, a I, world that is full of misogyny, and they benefit. You know, somebody said one time, and this may be off topic, but someone said one time that black straight men are like the white men. Yeah, of, that's a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Okay. And while I know that that really didn't sit well with a lot of people, well, no, I think, I but think when you really stop and you think about it, it's like, nah, that's true. That's that's like true. Y'all don't want to believe it though, but it's true. No, listen, I, I agree. I, I think for this week in particular, it's been eye opening. The last two weeks, mm -hmm. actually, I, I did a professional development for high school teachers on the idea of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. And initially, I was just like, you know, I don't believe in terms, I don't believe in mm -hmm. labels. I'm I'm cool in that. And I still That's feel it. I, I don't. That's just me. I don't believe in terms, labels, mm -hmm. and what have you. But in doing my research on it, uh, you know, it was certain things that I that I did 
agree with and under not even agree with i understood and so when i say i understood it's this idea of you know we, we know that gender is a social construct as, as they say and that you know masculinity and femininity are usually attached to genders but in reality that shouldn't be the case mm-hmm. when you know because we look at the traits of, of masculinity we look at you know strong we look at provider we mm-hmm. look at that tough we you know took a look at violent uh, mm-hmm. aggressive and women can be that too. Absolutely. And when we say femininity, we're talking about soft, we're talking about caring, we're talking about nurturing. Mm-hmm. Well, men can be that too. Mm-hmm. And so when I did the professional development, I showed a video which it had men reading. It was actually a commercial I, I saw last week. And I was just like, oh, this is just so fitting. Mm-hmm. It had men reading the definition of, of masculinity. And they were like, nah, this don't sound like me. Mm-hmm. And they had different types of men. They had gay men. They had trans men. Mm-hmm. They had so many different types of men. And they're like, no, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're talking about is just being openly being a decent human being mm-hmm. and, and being caring for one another. And so when I say it was opening, eye-opening for me, especially it was a TED Talk that I watched. I believe his name was Jackson Katz. And he was talking about why domestic violence and sexual assault isn't necessarily a woman's issue. I mean, even though it impacts women, but it's a, a male issue. Yes. And what he did was that was so poignant was he, he brought out, uh, you know, you being old school, uh, he had a whiteboard. You know, you like writing. You're just coming into computer eras. <laughs> you know, she, she's now transitioning to computer, <laughs> to computers. But what he did was he, he did an example of, uh, of how it gets, you know, toxic masculinity uh, shows itself mm-hmm. in, in different arenas. And so what he did was he wrote on the board, uh, uh, John beat Mary, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, here we have a perfect sentence. We have John, you know, the action is he beat who? Mm-hmm. He beat Mary. And so then it changed to be Mary was assaulted by John. And so what that did was, you know, cognitively it changed how we looked at it because now the emphasis is on Mary and John is at the end. Mm-hmm. And so even though, but we still acknowledge that he's there. And then at the end of it, I believe it was, uh, Mary was assaulted. And then here we have, John is nowhere to be found. And we just have Mary who, and then it's just like, all right, well, why are you acting like a victim and what have you, this victim mentality. And mm-hmm. it, it took away the, the legitimacy of what happened and and who indeed the perpetrator was and mm-hmm. and then he I mean he it was just so decent I, I I encourage everybody to go watch I believe his name is Jackson Katz and he just talked about how you know we're not when we're talking about changing to the narrative and men stepping up he he works for the Marines he does different types of trainings and 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 sports and what have you and a lady came up to him and said well you do sensitivity training and he was like no, I don't do sensitivity training. I do leadership training. Because mm-hmm. what we're talking about is people being leaders. Mm-hmm. We're talk- and I talked about this on my last, po- last podcast. We're talking about people stepping up and 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 shunning the the, the idea of toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. no matter how, how uncomfortable it may mm-hmm. make you feel in order mm-hmm. to progress. So, you know, it, it made me start to buy in a little more into the idea of toxic masculinity, even though I do believe strongly that toxic femininity exists and mm-hmm. it's utilized we're talking about aggression we're talking about uh you know it might be covert aggression but it's aggression nonetheless mm-hmm. so so yeah so I, I do do you think these terms are relevant in today's society i think we already answered that pretty much how how relevant they are in so, understanding so that's an interesting question i think they're relevant for growth but I don't think that they have to remain the language we use, right? So I think it's important to call it what it is, but then say, okay, I'm just going to work on being a better person. But I think we get so stuck in the label and feeling that people are labeling us. <laughs> oh, wait, so we can't get rid of labels and just say, listen, this is what it's like to be a dope person? Are, well, you, are you agreeing with me? What, what I'm saying is I think that the label is important to a certain extent, to a certain extent. So it's important, so let me just see if I understand. Yes. It's important to identify what the behavior is. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it, but then go Acknowledge your role, maybe, in it, you know, how you are, you know, uh, how you are perpetuating it, how you're teaching it, whatever it is, acknowledge, right? And then from there, I think it doesn't have to be how, uh, you know, you identify. Okay. If that makes any sense. But I think the problem 
with that is we can't get to that place of that's not how you identify because we are resistant to acknowledging that it exists. We are resistant to acknowledging we play a part in it. Well, why do you think that is? Well, guilt. People will feel guilty if they realize that I haven't, I, I don't know if you can curse, but. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'm a child of God, but however, you do your thing. Uh, what? Dad. <laughs> um, no, 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 do your thing. No, no speak freely. This is just, about being honest and open. All right, cool. So I think what happens is people feel shame when they realize, yo, I ain't been shit for a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and people, and when people come to that realization, it's like, how do I deal with that? Like, because we always want to place blame too. So if I realize that I haven't been that way, now who do I have to blame for it? Versus just looking at it and saying, these were some of the tools that I were, was taught because a lot of the things we learn don't just come from our parents. It comes from our friends. It comes from the things that we watch, the things mm -hmm. we listen to. So instead of somebody just saying, okay, this has been surrounding me all of this time. I don't have to continue this. They just get stuck on the fact that they're involved in this and then they just push it away because what that means is they, for the most part, have to change. I don't want to say themselves, but the person they identify with may mm -hmm. not be the same person once you realize, you know, you've been engaging in this and now you have to move forward. Mm -hmm. Which is, somebody posted on Facebook yesterday, like, why do you think, like, black people don't go to therapy? Do you think it's stigma? Or do you think they just don't want to, like, do the work? And I respond, I, she said something else, but I can't remember. And I just said, you know, I think people have a hard time knowing that when they go to therapy, it's going to bring up some stuff, some stuff you probably don't want to remember, but then once you know better, you tend to want to do better. Mm -hmm. And then I think that that also scares people because it's like, if I begin to believe that everything that I believed is not true, yeah, or just... I, that is that can be really earth-shattering because now, while you may have evolved to a certain place, your family may not have. And so now how do you deal with that when you're the evolved person in the family, yeah. but everybody else isn't, yeah. you know? And then your family's like calling you this or that, like, oh, you going, to, you know, and then they can start shaming you. Mm -hmm. And then it depends on how strong you are emotionally to be like, no, you know, it's okay. Like good change, you know, change is good. So I think that um, toxic masculinity is where it is and, and relevant. Feminine, and femininity, correct? Yeah. Uh, what was the definition? I feel, like I, I feel like I would want to know with the sociological uh, or psychological um, definition of toxic femininity is. Because I feel like I've never researched it. So if you can find that. I yeah, because I, I feel like you're challenging my, my Google skills right I'm now. I'm not. I just want to know what the actual definition is. But I think that that's the problem. I think it won't. I think the terms are relevant in terms of acknowledgement and in terms of growth. And I think that's why we're stuck. We won't acknowledge the terms. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, as that's loading, to so make sure I get you the definition. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's. I, I do think it's. It's very difficult. You know, we're talking about first even recognizing mm -hmm. that something exists, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always been one who, who's uncomfortable with certain conversations. It's funny. I just had one, oh. right? I just had one. You know what I mean? Where it was just like, yo, the the hose was, and I was just like, ah. You know, I'm in my in my head. I'm like, ah, darn it! I don't, I don't. But did I say something enough to make me to make me uncomfortable at that moment? I did, okay. and I allowed it. I just tried to change the topic, like laugh it away, like all right, go ahead, instead mm -hmm. of confronting it. But I think that's one of the ways that we start to change the the idea of toxic masculinity because I don't want people to think that it's easy. Yes, because I'm a therapist and a mental health advocate. Listen, I do have relationships, and sometimes mm -hmm. it makes you very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. as you were saying, to to try and, you know, even though I don't use that terminology, to begin to confront that. Yeah. Because, you know, that might mean, listen, you might have to redefine friendships. You might have to, mm -hmm. uh, you, you might see your circle get smaller. You might mm -hmm. see various things happen. And mm -hmm. again, that's scary. Mm -hmm. And so, when we're, especially when we're, one of the aspects that I discussed was, uh, because I, I talked about the intersectionality between black masculinity and and toxic masculinity. A lot of times we're talking about survival, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about survival in a sense where, listen, yeah, I, I, again, I, I said this yesterday on, on my, my other podcast and my last podcast, rather. You know, I met a brother in Chicago and he was like from Chicago. He was he's got to be in his late 30s, early 40s. Mm -hmm. And he was like, uh, he said, listen, man, when I was young. 
I wanted to participate in the arts and paint and, mm-hmm. you know, dance yeah. and all these different things. He was like, yo, but I, you know what I mean? I'd have been a sucker. I would have been a target. You know, we talking about Chicago. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm sure they had a couple hundred shootings this week. And he was just like, no, no. But it, but the thing was, mm-hmm. if we're talking about survival, mm-hmm. we're talking about wanting to fit in. We all have this desire to belong. I agree. And so what makes more sense for me? What's more comfortable for me? To go along and especially we're talking about a young person because mm-hmm. again this just doesn't start in our in our adult years this, this goes this manifests way back and so it was just like yo i i had to be you know i felt like in order to be needed and be a part of something i had to go that route and mm-hmm. make unhealthy decisions which landed me in jail but now mm-hmm. he has the wherewithal to recognize yeah i mean even though i don't know him completely to right, even say right, right. that but he just had an understanding of how that what that looked like for him at a young age, and I think a lot of especially a, a lot of our young brothers, they they participate in these things because that's their environment. And then again, mm-hmm. look at the people who we were calling nerds and corny and suckers because they was outliers, mm-hmm. right? Especially where I was from, mm-hmm. uh, and even growing up. And it was just like, well, why would you want to be that? Why wouldn't you want to fit in and be with the cool kids and be popular and not have people pick on you every day, mm-hmm. right? So, again, when we talk about survival, in a sense, we're talking about uh, emotional survival, even if it's at the, the detriment of our long-term emotional survival. Yeah, I mean, and here here's going to be, here's a tidbit that you're going to enjoy hearing me say. But I, I think that in that case, when rearing young children, that's where the woman also plays a really big role because women also tend to tell their young boys, you know, don't cry, suck it up. They they say things, which I absolutely loathe. So if anybody says this, just please knock it off. You know, they tell their kids that they're the man of the house and you my boo and my boyfriend. Like, they're not. They're Mm. children. They need to be children. They need to not feel the burden of, quote-unquote, being your man or being the man of the house. And I think that also plays into um, certain avenues of being toxic because even when we look at black men from a personal perspective as a woman, there's this really high value on providing financially Mm. and the woman not being able to question or do any of that. And I think that sometimes that starts at a young age because if you have your, your mom you know, maybe saying she's struggling or telling you that you're the man of the house, like mm-hmm. you can feel that pressure to always provide. And I think men don't understand that there are so many ways you can provide and that it's not just solely financial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I don't like when moms and women do that because boys have feelings too. So if they fall, they should cry, like let it out, let them be able to come to you, let them be nurturing. Um, and so I think that women can sometimes play into that as well because they have their own idea of masculinity and so here's the funny thing the funny thing is i think a lot of people have a certain idea of masculinity or femininity when it comes to children and then i think as people begin to grow up it's like oh wait these two concepts don't actually match you know when people are adults or when these kids grow up and they're trying to be in a relationship and they're trying to navigate life and i just i don't understand why it takes us so long to recognize that that isn't healthy like it's not healthy to tell a young girl hey you live your whole life to be a good girl you don't do this you don't do that but yet you tell a young boy go live your life go get all go get all the hoes right you know what they think like okay but then it's like you raise a girl you you know you be a good girl you don't do that a man isn't gonna want you but it's like why is the conversation not the same why and what's hurtful to me for young men and boys is wow your whole existence is only based on you getting chicks huh that's terrible yeah that's yeah. like that's like terrible and and i think that's the terrible. idea that's the idea of but again you know there's so many things that go into it's that a lot of know. layers yes yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of layers it and still exists though oh yeah no no for sure yeah, but i think he's trying that, to act like he be trying to act like <laughs> he was let me tell y'all something because he's being oh, real boy. nice he'll, and professional right now which i am like shocked by but Where? anyway <laughs> he has been going on and on and on for weeks about how toxic masculinity isn't a thing. I didn't say it and wasn't a thing. I said I just don't believe in labels. Is that toxic? 
Exactly. That's not, not even toxic. not even wanting to acknowledge. I just look at people as being human. I look at was, human beings. That's like, the thing. I look like at human I tell, beings. But like I tell you all the time, and these lovely people are going to see me tell you again. You can't just because you see it that way. You can't try to erase the fact that it exists out in the world. I, I, I'm not trying to do that, but what I'm saying is, and I think that's the idea. And you still got to acknowledge. That's where masculinity it, like, and toxic masculinity and femininity. I'm gonna give you the definition that you were looking for, and I think it goes you. further to prove my point. Uh, that uh, matter of fact, let's let's go to let's go to this first. So we're talking about uh-huh. so this defines it as un, unbalanced feminine energy because of its inward focus moves in an inward fashion. Guilt, depression, anxiety, lack of self worth, bitterness, spite, jealousy, passive aggressiveness, or clingy behaviors. Um, then it says also self destructive, inwardly directed energy that projects this inner pain upon others. It's a cry for help for someone who struggles with core survival issues such as self-worth, self-acceptance, and self-love. But I think the key part that they say here Mm -hmm. is that this exists in men and women. And so when I look at the... And this goes to my overarching point, and then I'm going to hit you with the booyah, right? My overarching point that we're talking about human beings at the end of the day. We're not talking about... you know I don't want to attribute it to a gender or what have you. We're just Mm -hmm. talking about... How, what can you do? What 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 energy do you possess that are, is making you an unhealthy person, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of gender, and what needs to take place to make you a healthy individual? And so, again, regardless of man or woman, because men and women, we both have that type of energy. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know, again, when we say toxic masculinity, we have these ideas and attribute it to men because yes, we do have testosterone, which uh, impacts our level of aggression mm-hmm. and. And our uh, our sexual uh, virility or what have you. Mm-hmm. That was a big word right there. Shout me out. But okay, what's your GRE? <laughs> <laughs> My GRE. Word. No, but you know, women possess this as well. You know, that's why you have some women who are uh, quote unquote more masculine than others, right? Okay. And so. So, yeah, so again, that goes to my overarching point of, listen, we're talking about human behavior at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, in one gender, because it has a, a bat and balls, right, that that energy, may, you may see it a little bit more in that arena because they're the ones who have been controlling society for the longest time. And that's just the, that's just the essence of it. So no one is trying to say that your toxic femininity it doesn't exist. What we are saying and what women are saying is that historically because you guys have had power right it has also snowballed to make it toxic and it's going to take a lot more unraveling than what toxic femininity please i'm I'm listening to you what toxic femininity right has really done and so even when you were reading it i just kept thinking hmm, i wonder if this is a result of women never really having space Women never really had space, right? So there's a big deal. There's This conversation is always dumb to me, but here we are. People have this conversation about, like, divorce and women leaving and men, like, see, women don't ride no more. Oh, let's be clear about what women were riding through before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women I, were I, riding, I bef- you know, through you having your family here and your family on the other side of town. But because they never had skills, because women weren't treated like that, they couldn't leave the house. There was nothing for them to do because they had no no financial stability, right? Back in the day, women stayed home. They made the clothes. They probably could have had businesses or whatever. But was that really part of what's going on? No. So men are like mad now that women are leaving for stuff that they've been doing for generations. But guess what? They've been doing it for generations. They're not even trying to stop doing what they did for generations. They just want the women to stop leaving. Tell me. Go ahead and tell no, me I'm wrong and tell I, no, me that that is not some toxic I agree. thinking. I agree. You're not even saying to yourself, maybe I should stop cheating. Maybe I should stop being a piece of whatever. Whatever that looks like because that could look very different. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's woman stay and deal with it. And so when you were talking about a woman being clingy and, you know, and doing all of that, that could drive someone mad that you took vows that you decided that you're and you're blatant with your you're, you're blatant you're blatantly deciding to be disrespectful and to throw salt to injury you want me to just stay and deal with the disrespect and you not change listen I, i'm just listen, saying you're, you're not going to hear an argument from me i, I, I definitely understand the, i'm glad the, i won't hear an argument from you <laughs> I understand. So let's let's move on. Let's yeah, let's move on. So as far as blood hot. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's the lack of AC in this in this room. But I, I digress. Cool. You hot? Yeah, I'm hot. I'm kind of cool. 
but this conversation is rubbing me in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get into what toxicity looks like in, in popular culture. And when we say mm. popular culture, we're talking about TV, films, uh, music, literature. I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. So, what are your thoughts on on just how it presents itself? Ah, it presents itself in so many ways. Um, I think the biggest thing I'm I'm seeing now is men have this overwhelming desire of liking like lighter skinned women with like certain body types. <laughs> why are you why are you looking like that? I'm listening to you. I'm listening. Right. I'm trying to see where you're taking this. And so I have seen a lot of this on social media where guys are making comments. This one guy is like laying on a girl and she's a brown she's a beautiful brown girl and people are in the comments like this picture would be better with a light skinned chick. Like, oh, no, she needs to bleach her skin. She needs to do da-da-da-da-da. Now, to me, that's on social media. And to me, that's, like, toxic thinking. Because you are men in certain ways. or And women. Because there were women also on the thread saying nasty, negative things about this girl. I feel like we've gotten to this place where we only look at one type of person as, like, beautiful. When that's really not even like the whole gamut of what beauty looks like and I think that that itself is toxic because there's people walking around here with a bunch of different shades and I think that in the way that we treat them is a result of our toxic thinking and thinking that this is one set ideal and I think that even when you're raising children right that becomes it becomes a whole nother thing like it's it's just that to me is just very toxic the way that we are portraying what beauty standards are well, I think that's been that way for for a long period of time. Now. I'm not disagreeing, I, but I feel like why aren't we moving forward? Like that's a thought that I often have. Yes, well, we, we've had this, and it's like why aren't we moving forward? Why? So I think we have to look at who's first. You got to look at you know who's in control, right? Who's in control of mm. the uh, you know? Let, let's go to film. Let's go to TV. Let's go to TV. Okay. Right. You know, TV. I'm always a fan to go to TV. How, how, especially if we're talking about representation, right? Uh, first off, you know, we know that there's the, the European standard of beauty continues yes. to exist, continues to thrive right. in our culture and other cultures, and that's the standard, right? Uh, you know, we see it with the foot up. I'm still trying to figure out. Maybe you could school me at the end of it. When y'all take pictures now, y'all got to have y'all heel off the ground. I don't know what that's about, but I see women do that in every picture, but I digress. I oh, get, I do it because I'm short, and so it gives me a What does that do? List. No, that doesn't do anything. It like, does. what? What does it do? Whatever, he's a hater. He doesn't what know. is the... I'm a hater. See, that's we're so quick to go to hater, right? When you're... Instead of trying to, to understand what's happening. Why can't I just be a brother that wants to understand why y'all both around like this? Why y'all just taking pictures? I don't pictures? do that. I don't do it with both of my Oh, legs. you do it with one? Is, is that what the... I do like... It's a leg. It's called like a leg pop. Right. And I do it with one. I'm not standing again, on both of my tippy toes for no but, picture. But I, I think that goes, you know, and I was joking with that, you know, because I, I had to ask my homegirl that earlier, you know, what's the point of that? But again, I think we get into this things that become trend, right? It becomes trendy. So we can't expect body types not to become trendy and everything else that happens become trendy. We would think that we would like to think that we're so evolved as people. But again, we people try to keep up with the Joneses, right? Well, and whatever's working, it keeps going. And so if we see this idea of beauty is, okay, I'm standing here like a mannequin when I take a picture, like many women do. Y'all don't do that? The Beyonce? Yeah, I, not, I'm just bad at, like, taking pictures. No, I'm just saying, though, but, so I, I, no, but I'm saying, though, like, we follow this trend, so I, I'm not surprised. And I don't want to necessarily attribute it to, to men as to the reason why, um, you know, certain certain body types, certain complexions are lauded and, and others aren't. Because I think, again, women are the biggest haters of women. Uh, and light-skinned women hating dark-skinned women. I mean, that's been happening since the beginning of the time. Yes, you know, that goes back to the slave owners and, and what have you. And you would have hoped that we evolved. But I think when we think about who's in control, who's who's presenting these people to us? So I try to think about the, the black TV networks, right? So I, I try, so I automatically go to the Queen Oprah. I go to Queen Oprah. I don't watch the one show. What's that show that everybody watch? I don't know. With I the, watch Dreamleaf, and that's the, my, that's my, that's with, my show. But they got different complexions in that show. Yes. All right, they got different complexions in that show. So we go to mm-hmm. what's the what's the Kofi Kofi Khan got? Queen Sugar. I haven't uh, watched it. Okay, so I'm guessing. Um, but I think it's mixed too. We go to we go to Love Is and my man Yasir. Shout out to the brother. <laughs> Shout out to the brother. 
you know, we look and we see a, a we see a, a multitude of complexions there. So I think when we're talking about African Americans and we control the narrative is what's being promoted, I think we do see um, more us. Now, music videos don't exist anymore, I'm so not we're not disagreeing with you. But on social media, I think we I think social media is way more influential than people are actually even really paying attention to, mm-hmm. and that's where the issue. I don't want to say lies, but when there are black boys. I had a conversation with this guy once, and he was just, we were, I don't know, was at a wedding? It was a random conversation, but we had the conversation about how black girls struggle with love interests and dating, right? Because one, a lot of black women don't feel that black men are necessarily interested in them, right? And him and I were having this conversation because he was like, yeah, I understand that. He was like, but I'm still going to post the baddie. Like, and he, like he, was, he was dead serious. Like, I'm still going to post the, you know... The light skinned John, you know, with that's probably half naked on my on my page. And he was like, So I'm probably guilty of all the brown girls who probably follow me and think I probably don't like brown girls because I never post, post them. about it. So does he right. have, does and he so, does he have to post about them to show that he likes them? Or can he post so, what makes him gives him an erection? So here here's what I think happened. He's attracted to black girls, dark, you know, but mm-hmm. he only posts the light girls. And so the reason why I think that that matters is because we can act like we can have other thoughts, but what we show and what we represent is still leaving an imprint out on the world. And I think that that's part of what we're seeing. And that's the thing. I think it's like one of those hidden things that we think, okay, well, because I'm not posting it doesn't mean I don't like it. But it's like, but if you're always posting this... It seems like this is a higher preference but I, but and I a think higher that's, precedent. And then for everybody else who is uh, see, looking but, and paying attention, it just impacts self-esteem. Yeah, and but I, I think, think that's where that, we go. We, you know, I think that's where pe- where people, you know, sell themselves short. You know, those who are viewing it. And I, I did that for the longest time. I wouldn't disagree. With Again, you, when we but, talk about when we talk about uh, people only posting their wins and not posting their losses, I think that goes the same with that. Listen. Yeah, I might see. I don't. I don't. I rarely post, you know, other women or, or what have you, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, if I do post a, a Michelle Weaver, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whoever, right? It's it's that might just be what I'm feeling right then. Like, oh dang, I like her. Let me WCW see if she might like this pick. <laughs> it might be. It might be nothing in, in behind it. But I think we 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 automatically. Uh, put people in a box and we make assumptions about their character about what they do now I'm not one to say that that I don't believe that you can't tell a lot about a person from their social media I'm not gonna say that because I think you do I think you could definitely tell okay. but I don't think that shows you the whole picture I think it that's just a, show you the whole a part of it and it's not my responsibility it's you know to try to make you feel uh comfortable in in who you are mm-hmm. uh because I might post a picture of, you know what I mean, of the the same type of woman all the time. You know what? That could just be my my but, my twist. But like, just I think, and nobody's saying it's your responsibility. But I can't stand when men act like they don't understand why black women feel black men don't want them. That's the part that gets me. Nobody is saying. Well, I, I, I've concluded. No, you know what I'm concluding. Nobody is saying don't do you. But I think y'all have a local most y'all. Black. <laughs> Y'all have a local mentality, man. I'm, I'm. You know what? And I, I said this so many times. Oh, and local. Y'all mentality. have a local mentality. Like I, I see what? this idea. Listen, I, I love queens. I, listen, I love all complexions. Mm, you know, chocolate. Don't, don't try to clean it up, man. Go ahead and say. <laughs> no, when I say a local mentality, I'm just like we put this idea of black men in a box. Like I was, just, and I had an idea about black men just off. Uh, mm-hmm. being in Philadelphia and what I see in the media and then I go right. see a hundred brothers from a couple hundred brothers from different spaces and that changed my view right. of black brothers right. and so what I what happens is what I see a lot of women do because um, you y'all show it in every post like come on you 48 sis like come on stop talking about cuffing season like come on grow up but Who's talking about- I know I'm just saying it, and it, I'm women just, talking just, about cuffing season yes women talk about cuffing season for sure um, and throwing it out there thinking it's funny, but it's like, you know, or, or talking about what's what's happening. They with... pick me. We're not talking about pick me. Like, nobody talking about pick me over here. We're but no, I, I think we have such a, a, a localized idea about black men 
that we forget the difference that exists. And so that's why I, I think, uh, or the, the multitude that exists that- So do that y'all. Y'all, think that, e- sure. y'all think every black woman is angry. Y'all Who? think every oh. black woman, that's why, but I love a Spanish chick. Y'all be, men be, black men be I, listen, trying I, I, it. I was just, you just brought that, you brought the point up. So, but no, I agree, I Constantly agree. And until it. we start going to different places and start seeing different things, like we look at it, it's billions of people out here. You know what I mean? It's many, multitude of millions of, of black men, not only yeah, African-American, we talking about African men, we talking about, you know, the Afro-Latina men and, and all oh, those British things. black people, there, there's yeah, all but I, Yeah, but I think, again, we, we make these generalizations about black men where we only see what, what Kanye is doing and Kanye 10 homies is doing, but that's not indicative of all black men. So I, that's why I get offended. It's just like, yo... You know, you talk. We talk about black men. You know, I always say it, man. You, you know, stop being, uh, stop generalizing. Talk about the pe- the brothers from uh, New Jersey Drive that you know. First of all, let me explain something to you about generalizing because that's your favorite thing. We always generalize, but you, if 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 my experiences have been that, I am speaking from my experience. I could also say in the same sentence. Obviously, that may not be every man in the world. But if the five, the six, the ten, the fifteen men that I've encountered and my homegirls and they probably, you know, I whatever. I got an analogy for you. So if I go like, to the super, on. if I go to the supermarket, right? I go to the supermarket. Uh-huh. I go to shop right every time, right? You're always in the shop, right? Okay. I go and shop right. Mm-hmm. I get me an apple, right? Mm-hmm. Blackberries. I love blackberries. One of the top five fruits of all time. I do. <laughs> I go get blackberries. Okay. I keep getting the bad blackberries, right, from shop right, right? Definitely has bad produce. They do, they do. I ain't gonna lie, but I keep getting bad blackberries. So, but I keep going into this same location, expecting a different result. What do we call that? Insanity, right? So you guys are driving you yourselves insane, and 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 automatically, automatically stereotyping and categorizing brothers, Uh, and and brothers do the same thing. We categorizing and stereotyping women. And when we're like, we're not doing anything different. What am I doing different? And so I had to look at myself for the last year. I, what I, what I do the last year? A year ago, got on people's a year ago this month, that's when I started therapy, right? I was coming off a, a crazy breakup. Mm-hmm. It was it was rough. It was toxic. It had me questioning just life in general. Mm-hmm. And now here I am a year later, I'm in a different space. I know what type of a, a woman that, that I desire and that I want. And more so, I'm not going to allow my loins to tell me, listen, I need to go this direction. I'm not allowing her her physical uh, uh, attraction, you know, my physical attraction or my mental attraction to her to, to have me change what it is that I desire mm-hmm. because I desire something different. Right. And so I recognize that, you know what, wherever I was going over a period of time, it might not have been the best for me with regards to, mm-hmm. to me picking partners. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing about, what do I need to do for self? I can't sit here and say it's Janae's fault. I can't sit here and say it's, it's women's fault. Listen, I need to look, I need to do a better job. But it's the same thing complaining about chicks that will complain about their, their baby I, daddy. Like, you chose them. Oh, for sure. Now, I agree with that 1,000%. He wasn't shit before. He ain't going to be shit now. Anyway, but that's a whole other conversation because that gets on my nerves. But I think that what you're saying is highlighting just my thought process, too, about men in general. Y'all don't take the time to do that work until after y'all done damaged a few people because well hurt people hurt could, people it could yes hurt people hurt people it could be the whole toxic masculinity piece where it's like we don't have to talk about feelings women are supposed to just acquiesce that's like my favorite word women are supposed to just acquiesce to what we are supposed what we want so i don't think a lot of men even stop to think about the importance of them actually figuring out what it is that they actually want that's sans from what society has told them sans from what their daddy has told them their mom like men don't do that men for the most part and women too because this our society unfortunately it's like here's here's the platform laid out for you here's the path this is what you're supposed to do and i think that if men took the opportunity to decide early on I need to figure out who I am. I need to figure out if I fit this mold, if I don't fit this mold, if I want to take this piece of that. If they did that, we probably would have less toxic masculinity out here. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen until after they've already chugged down the path that society has fed them about but masculinity. No, let's not say that because it started then, out for me. It started out with me. With, I, I'm not going to call. I'm, I'm not going to call names, right? I'm not going to call names. What you but. No, no, no. But again, because you say like the men shrug down the path, they might I hurt think, one, hurt two, hurt three. 
But the, but my experience was the opposite. My my first love, she actually hit me up probably about a year or two ago to apologize to me. We talking oh, about because I was seventeen and I'm thirty three. I was thirty three at the time. She was like, "Yo, listen, I was it hurt. You know what I mean? That was that heartbreak because I I really cared about her yeah. uh, for what I knew for love to be at the at age of time. seventeen. Right. And so she called and apologized. The next sister after that, uh, you know what I mean? She I, I chased her for four years, right? Mm-hmm. And so I talk about it when I go out and speak. Like that was. One of the reasons why I went through my first unofficial therapy session mm-hmm. in college. And so, you know, I ran into her at the airport with her husband. And we all had a conversation. It was it was love. But it was like, for me, that's what I experienced, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't... Now, again, it's like a chicken and egg thing, right? So it can be both sides. And that's all I wanted to and, highlight and by saying. And I don't disagree. To, but here's my thing. I think men have a lot of feelings. I actually think y'all sensitive. Very much so. And I think that y'all have way, I don't want to say way more feelings than some women. I think it's one of those things where, I don't know how to explain it. I think women have been groomed to deal with emotion. We have more feelings language. People talk to us about all that. Men, not so much. Mm-hmm. But I think y'all feel just as much, if okay. not more, For sure. it just manifests than women. But it way. manifests differently, and y'all don't know how to express it. Maybe you don't feel comfortable expressing it. I think it's a lot of different things. But I think it becomes toxic because just like with anything else, if you're not releasing it, if you're not talking about it, what? it festers, it sits. Because society has feels, told us otherwise. Right. And so, exactly. but, but guess so, who is society? This is the thing that blows my mind. Men are society. So why don't y'all decide that y'all want to do shit a different way? Huh? So that, that, let's get to the, 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 let, that gets to the final point. Let, let's, get, let's get to Phil's final it's, thought. It's them, right? so I don't so, know why they don't just decide. So what, so, so what are your suggestions for just people in general, whether it's toxic femininity, toxic masculinity, across the gender spectrum, what needs to take place in order to detoxify mm-hmm. oneself? Because apparently I couldn't use detoxicity because detoxify already exists, but I like detoxicity. Um. So to answer this question, I think... One, I think all of us really need to stop and examine our family of origin. This is probably the therapist in me coming out, but well, it, be makes, a, be a therapist. it makes a lot of sense. We have to look at our family of origin, right? We have to look at the common themes in our family, the patterns. Did this just happen this generation? Did it happen a generation before? And that could look like sexual abuse, right? Is there a lot of sexual mm-hmm. abuse in my family? Because no matter what we say, if sexual abuse is, is, a, is, is a pattern or a theme in our family, somebody's being people are being impacted by that right Mm -hmm. so if it's a boy and your uncles you know have been abusing people that young boy may grow up thinking it's okay Mm -hmm. to you know uh victimize somebody especially if nobody's having a a large conversation about it but a secret or whatever you know he could grow up thinking oh that's cool because nobody's having a conversation um so you definitely want to look at the family of origin. You want to look at if there's a lot of alcohol in your family. If there's a lot of sub, you know, drugs in your family because that is going to impact probably your childhood, but it's also going to impact how you see the world. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be cognizant of that, right? You have to be aware of, oh, my, you know, my dad did a lot of drugs or my mom did a lot of drugs, so this puts me more in a survival mode. I don't know how to trust people mm-hmm. because Mom would bring friends over and they would steal, you know, whatever it is. I think it's important for us to look at our family of origin, look at how it impacted us. Because so many of us in the black community, in my opinion, we act like shit don't bother us. Like, oh, I'm good. That ain't yeah, I mean, me. Yes, it did. It bothered yeah, you. But that's because that's that's a you know that's a historical piece that comes in. We talk and about I'm slavery. Not, and we I'm not about, disagreeing. We saw how Kunta got hit. Look, he just had to sit there and And I'm not it. disagreeing. I yeah. think what I'm saying is I think that I give black people more credit that we have some tools now. We have some tools now to begin to change the narrative. And that doesn't erase our history. And I think that that's what we have to be understanding of. We're not trying to erase history, but we have tools to do better. Let's use the tools to do better. And so for me, I think people have to examine their family of origin so that they can understand what they're going out into the world in. You know, like what lens am I about to have? Mm -hmm going out into this world and then you really have to be honest with yourself and say i did not like that because i think that that's the reality we don't like if our parents are drinking and nobody nobody likes nobody likes that as a kid you feel that you feel maybe being hungry because food wasn't available or you feel having to clean up after your mom you know or whatever the case is nobody wants that and so i think we have to be honest about us not liking that 
so that we don't just kind of follow in the same footsteps or feel hopeless about what's happening in the world. So I think we really got to look at our family of origin and just pay attention to the lens we're about to go out into the world with and decide we want different. But we don't acknowledge it. We don't acknowledge that we're hurt. We see it as a badge of honor. Like, oh, I survived that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's like, that's cool. I'm not saying it's not a badge yeah. of honor, you know, because yeah. I've been there with, like, a lot of my teen trauma. I'm like, yo, my teen trauma has become a whole brand and business for me. So, but I had to decide at the same time that I wasn't going to keep traumatizing myself because I was making some poor choices. And it was yeah. like, at some point, yeah, it was I- like, yo... How much, how much trauma you want, girl? Like, how, how many decisions are you going to make that cause you to feel this way? And I'm glad I was able to have that within myself because nobody was really giving it to me, which I think is a whole nother story, mm-hmm. which is why I think therapy and treatment and mentoring programs and all of that is important because sometimes our parents can't give us what we need and we have to pull that resource from somewhere yeah, else. So we, we need a third party. You Sometimes you so, need a third party. Yeah, if your, if your inner self isn't going to be strong, and sometimes you begin to do traumatic things and then it's like you finally kind of have that in the voice like wait a minute you're about to you're wilding like what are you doing but yeah i think that's it we got to look at our family of origin and then we have to make a decision we don't want that for ourselves yeah yeah and i, I think you know you pretty much summed it up the things i was going to say you know you talked about you know you mentioned therapy how yeah. important that was I, you know people know how important that was for me um but yeah and i just i got to the point where it's just like you know what i just I don't want to feel this way anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because again, I always say I, I, I went from living to thriving and that should be the goal for everybody. Right. Uh, but again, that that takes having some type of self-awareness. Again, we all have those feelings and I, I get people to reach out to me all the time about you know what can they do to improve mm-hmm. their mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. Uh, that's the reason why you know I created Quadify. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it's so criti- critical because again, we want to stop these you know, these, you know, I hate cliches. The world knows I hate cliches. Can you cliches. just say it? But, no, because I feel like i got to <laughs> preface it, you know, by saying it. But, you know, stop these generational traumas from, from continuing. Right. You know, I think we have a responsibility. And I think it gets, I actually think it's harder in today's society to really, um, it, despite the the, ex, the accessibility of, of resources, we know that's contingent upon a, a myriad it's of a factors. Yes, yeah. yeah, contingent mm-hmm. upon a myriad of factors. Yeah, I think it's I think it's harder to stop now because you know that means a lot of change. And again, as we discussed earlier, we're talking about how scary that is. But yeah. when we talk about tangible ways, again, we're talking about therapy. There's free therapy. There's um, you know paid therapy if you have insurance. There's support um, groups. There's support groups. There's there's mentoring programs. There's blogs. There, there are, <laughs> there are, there are blogs. There, there's there there are outlets. They, you know, I, I'm always surprised. Uh, funny story, you know, not to, you know, go off too much, but, um, so I'm trying to get a, a speaking, and so I have a speaking engagement in Providence College next month, and so the athletic director called me because, you know, potentially having me speak to the athletes at a different time when I come up there, and he was like, and this, this goes to, to show you the power of, of social media, you know, just how we can't take for granted social media, right? And shout out to Pre, you know, she hit me up yesterday when I had posted, I posted about uh, shoplifting, right? And I was just trying to be funny with the Colin Kaepernick meme, like, you know, if I go to self-checkout. I saw that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel and it, like that. It, it wasn't funny. But... It wasn't funny. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> I have non-funny moments. And I took it, she was like, yo, take that down. I was like, all right, I took it down. And so, you know, he was like, yo, I was on your social media and I just see how encouraging you are and supportive you are or what have you of others. And I'm just like, I pay it no mind, right? I pay it no mind in the sense that I'm just, I, when I post, I'm post what I feel. Just like when we talk, you know, we talk about these podcasts, it's just like, yeah, I could find the topic that's trendy or, mm-hmm. or what have you. I post what I'm feeling inside. And if it resonates with others, then it resonates with others. And so, yeah, it could be something as simple as a post that somebody puts up. That's why, you know, as much as I, you know, the post can be just the beginning and definitely inspiring and motivating. But after that, the work really needs to be done. And that's why it's important to reach out to people who who do have uh, look like they have some information, some tangible information that could potentially help you. You know, so you got to definitely be discerning mm-hmm. about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a possibility, and we, and we need to, and not just for overall society, but for self. 
and detoxifying just so you can live a, a happier, healthier life. Yeah, I think so many, of, so many of us are unhappy because we're trying to live a life based on others or based on what other people told us we should do or all of that. There's like a really funny meme about like men marrying women. Did you see that one? It was like men, women don't settle, men settle, can't, oh my gosh. Women, stop, listen, the meme, I'm gonna try to remember. It was like women marry who they can, something men settle for who they want. It was some weird meme. And I can't stand that because I think that that's, the, that's part of the divorce rates and I think that's part of the problem with society. People aren't just actually trying to, people don't know who they are. So if you don't know who you are, you can't match and Jay, with listen. the right person. And so people are always trying to change people. I think women probably do that way more than men do. I think we have I'm a ch- been... no, And I'm a changer. And while I'm a changer, I remember my... Uh, That's interesting my, to hear. Oh, for sure. For sure. My, but I can see that because you're very... It, you have a dominant personality. I have a, I have a, so a, I have a lot of femininity that, that I exude. If you have a dominant personality, too, you yeah. can be like... Well, I, you, know, I, you know, yeah. even before the social work and the honing of those skills, I was just always somebody that cared, right? It yeah. could be... You know, from me being the person who was picked on from time to time yeah. and, and what have you. But I was just always somebody who cared. I just didn't understand why somebody would make fun of somebody else for what they I were wearing and, and all of those things. But I had my, uh, during my internship as an undergrad, I, I went to, to my supervisor at DHS. And he was just like, listen, man, you know, I told him about somebody I was dating and how that situation was going. He was like, yo, you know, us being a social workers, you know, he had a master in social work. He was like, we got this idea we could change people. And so that just doesn't go from our professional career. That also goes into our interpersonal relationship. Sure and bro, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> sir, like up yeah. until last, up, up until, until last, 2018, 2017, I finally realized it, it got to the point. Yeah, yo, it got to the point where now I, I, I ain't got it. Because it, it takes it takes too much of self. Now I ain't sitting it here saying, especially when a I'm in the process of, of trying to figure out who I am. And so you got this back and forth. I'm trying to change myself and, and, and improve yeah. upon myself. And I'm trying to help you and help you see the importance of change itself. And so right. that just can't go together. And so that's why I think J-Lo said it best, man. And, and I think it goes to for women as well. Uh, you know, she was like, men ain't ish before the age of 33. Now, I don't think that's... I understood what she meant. And I, I, what it means is me being 34, like, yeah, no, me being 25, 26, my mentality was just different. And, and I had, had more experience and I had yeah. a desire to want to improve upon myself. Yeah. And I think that goes for women and men. So I couldn't imagine, you know, I got a lot of homies who've been married in their 20s. And I'm just like, right, you know, salute to you. Salute to you. You know what I mean? They, they all thriving and going strong for sure, which I'm happy for. Right. But I'm just That's like, good. I see what's happening in overall society. You know, and it's just like, nah, man, it's better to wait and meet somebody who you're compatible with and time isn't running out like y'all women, like some, like uh, a specific group thinks time isn't running out. The clock is just go like, yeah, like it's about to strike midnight, like Cinderella. But what men don't understand, though, is how much women are pestered for that. I think what men don't understand. But other women. We're not telling y'all, sis, but, listen, boo-boo, you got to be married but, but by 30. Know what I hear? But that. do you want to know what I hear by men? What? You must be crazy if you're not in a relationship. Well. <laughs> you must be this. You must be that. I guess I'm crazy because I speak my mind. <laughs> no, anyway, no, no. Anyway, but I, I, get I, it, I, I get it. you know, and there's just, so yes, even by women, but even men have that type of mentality too, that something is wrong with you if you didn't, you know, if you're not. No one looks at it and says... So at 35, he gay. At 35, she crazy. Yes. Right. Pretty much. And so I think that that pushes everybody <laughs> to these so boxes. Damn, don't get to this, don't get to this like, age. It's like, don't get to 35, you know, without it. And I'm just like, I don't know. Well, call me crazy then, because I ain't... I mean, I'm not 35 or near 35. But it's like, oh well. But I think if we took the time to get to know ourselves, though, and so and that's the overarching from from point. a from a from a young point, and even if we were raised, this is a whole other conversation. But if we were actually raised to truly be ourselves, right? I think we could launch from a better place. 
for sure. But for that sure. doesn't happen. But that's why I work with teenagers. And that's why we, we do what we do. And that's why this podcast it. exists. So give me your information, where they can contact you, reach you, what you got coming up. Yes. Um. So the very first thing I want to tell you guys is that my nonprofit is having its first Black Mental Health Awareness Walk October the 13th. We are going to be at Bartram Gardens here in Philadelphia. So you can find us at theblackbraincampaign.org. You guys can find me on all socials at Janae Chanel. Uh, my book is Dear Teen Self. My practice is Teen Talk. Um, yeah, and that's about it. But yeah, register for the walk, guys. And for me, Phil Roundtree, you can find me on Instagram, P-H-I-L underscore Quadify, Q as in Quail, U-A-D-E-F-Y. That's on Twitter, too. Quail? I don't use that. Q as in Quail. Wow. I... What else was I going to use? Quish? No. No, that's my toxic masculinity is <laughs> coming up. Can't, can't say Q just, as in Quail. Just, just no, no, you know what? Instagram, P-H-I-L underscore Q is in Queen, U-A-D-E-F-Y. That's on Twitter, too. I'm never on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash PhilipMSW. That's Philip with two L's. Check out the website. I'm still unemployed, so please get some merch. Please read the blog. Cat Listen. So listen, salute to Lauren Michelle. So shout out to Karita. Shout out to uh, uh, Janelle. They cash at me a couple dollars. I appreciate you, ladies. Um, so again, the, and the website is www.quadifyquadefyllc.net. Until next time, America. How long you leave it up?